Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny, and I am here coming to you with my man. What's up, Caleb? Nothing much. Nothing much. All right. So the first thing we're going to do, the most important thing, of course, that we do on every episode, is thank our patrons. So huge thank you to Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Mocha, Myth Oceanus, Pig, Scuzz Daddy, AD, Aaron Gardner, Anthony, Leela, Damian Zink, Mountain Man, Owen Alvarado, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Sonny Sweet. Woo! Man, I gotta take a deep breath because now we have so many names that I have to like, like, I have to either take one huge breath or like a double breath in the middle. Yeah, boy! So, thank you, of course, to all of our wonderful patrons for all of your continued support of the podcast. Um, today we are kind of taking it easy. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you. We don't have a lot going on right now. Um, we, but, but next week, whoo, Eldorado's coming out. Yep. Uh, and we may or may not have a pretty big, uh, announcement on Friday's episode. So be sure to tune into that. But, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny if we're going to have that announcement yet. Cause we don't know yet. Yeah. We're not a hundred percent sure on it. We're like 50% sure. Yeah. So. Uh, possibly some very cool stuff coming up in the future. Be sure to check out Friday's episode for more news on that. So, in the meantime, today, we are going to be talking a little bit about the OCG. Woo. So, you may have already realized that if you read the title, but not everybody does, which, you know, I respect. So, we're going to do some OCG discussion today, and uh, as well as... Nope, that's it. Just OCG. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it would be really, really cool if we had more to talk about, but we don't. So, yeah. uh, we might just do some housekeeping stuff where we talk about the. Um, I know that there were some regionals happening, but I don't really. 
we don't really have regional results right now for things like that. Yet. So, Key term. Yet. Right. Um, all of the regionals right now are remote dual regionals. So um, I know that there was a... Oh, gosh. What's it called? Remote, remote dual invitational. Extravaganza. No, it was a remote dual regional. Oh, oh. Yeah, Ooh. they had one yesterday's, which was Saturday for us. And okay. that one was a uh it was participated in by Jesse Cotton. I know he played in it. And through at least six rounds he was undefeated and he was playing Sword Soul. So Whoo buddy. Better have your token collectors. Yeah, yeah. Uh I agree. So but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some OCG. Why don't we? So, um, we don't really... I, this makes me want to go check to make sure there was no news that came out while we were... Setting up? Sitting, yeah, while we were setting everything up. Uh, well, I'll ch- we'll go ahead and start working on that. I'll check that real quick. Yeah. That's part of the reason why we have two people on this show. Hee <laughs> hee. Oh, I guess we could talk about the Duel Links uh, Forbidden List. What do you say? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? Uh, so, there's only two things that got moved. So, this is expected to be implemented on November 16th. But what happened is Necroz of Valkyris got limited to one and Reasoning got limited to one. And that was it. So, keep in mind... Interesting. Keep in mind, <clears throat> limiting a card in Duel Links may as well be a ban. Yeah, because your odds of seeing it are well. It's not just odds of seeing it; it's that you're only allowed to one run one limited card and one semi limited oh, card in your deck. Fair, fair. And if there, and if there's probably always a better limited or semi limited card to yeah. run. So, like, if they if they semi limit two cards from one strategy, it's useless. Yeah. So. Um. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, there is one little piece of Seven's news that I think we sh- that I think I should mention real quick, just because I think it's hilarious. Sure. Uh, for those of you who were who were old, super old school, if you remember the Dunmas Dark Witch, Change of Heart, and Gyakugiri Panda, uh, Seven's just re-released re- re- redos of these cards. Um, Tiaramisu Dark Witch, Change of Nada Dakoko, and Frenzy's Panicata. They're puns. It's done, Miss, but she's but she's like a maid at a uh, not a maid. She's a uh, like a waitress at like a maid cafe. It's hilarious. Uh, Change of Nada to Coco is a fairy-like fiend employee, and it delivers hearts, heart-shaped jellies. And then frenzied Panacotta is a savage pan employee who loses its top if Panacotta is ordered. I don't know what that is. But I just think this is very silly. Kind of like how they uh, re-released all the Utopia monsters and the Gaga monsters, but they're all baseball themed now. Right, right. Which I think is just silly. So. So. Just throwing if, out there is some silly stuff. If you are a fan of Sevens, check those out. And if you're a fan of Duel Links, be sure to go ahead and check that out. So. We... Oh, and before we do get into the OCG uh, metagame stuff, we also do want to take a moment to be sure to tell you to follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast and join our Discord, which the links will be in the description below. So, all right. So we do, we're going to go through two OCG metagame reports here. We're going to talk about them separately. 
the first one we're going to talk about is OCG Metagame Report 4, which came from, uh, it was just published on October 30th. So, I mean, 10 days ago by the time this podcast yeah. episode posts. But it's still relevant information because it gives you an idea of what is really happening over there. Because if you read, because we're going to read this one for our October 30th, and then we're going to read one for November like, the 6th. Yeah, which was like yesterday, I think. Yeah, time of recording, it was yesterday. So. Yeah. So it'll be three or four days old. Yeah, by, time by, by the time I said, yeah. But so, still, still. So we're looking at a, the, just in descending order of what was the most and least represented decks. So the most represented deck is, as of right now, it's actually Phantom Knights. I mean, I mean that's to be expected in a, in a more control heavy meta. Uh, no, I guess. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not that it's control heavy. It's that it's it's really the thing is it's like how do you say it? It's kind of a thing about the how do you put it? How do you put that? <laughs> it's not that it's more of a control meta because I think. Over the last year or, year or two, you can look at the OCG as getting more and more combo heavy with Master Rule 5. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to the one-card starter nature of the game now. Fair. So, I mean, it would just be basically incorrect, right, to uh, play a play a control deck i'm not gonna say incorrect necessarily but it's way get, less high of a ceiling uh, yeah i guess it depends on, on the specific control deck you're playing in your specific local scene mostly yeah um yeah because i imagine there's probably locals where floodgate dot deck is what it just auto wins everything right right just because of the way people play and blah 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 that's neither here nor there right so the things to think about here are Phantom Knights being number one at 20% of the meta, Prank Kids being number two at 14% of the meta, Sword Soul being number three at 7.5% of the meta, Brave Tenyi being number four. Brave Tenyi. Yeah, so Brave Tenyi uh, uses the Brave Token package. Yeah. And Tenyi as extenders. Okay. So. That's neat. Yeah, it's. It's okay. It's very okay. Um, so after Brave, well, okay. Just looking at it, it's not really like Brave Tenyi. It's like Brave Sword Soul Yangzing Tenyi. Oh. It's just Worm.deck. It's like Brave Worms. Basically, yeah. Worms that are brave. And then Drytron, Fluwanderese, Eldlich, Tribrigade, uh, Phoenix Brave, which is just Phoenix Enforcer, uh, Brave, Brave Token. Token Turbo. So, uh, Adam, of draw yeah. cards. Adam Emancipator, Brave Virtual World, uh, Hero, Salamangrate, Adagnister, Agent Fairies, Brave Punk, Light Sworn, Destiny Hero, Brave Zephyr, Ugh. Destiny Hero, Despia, Destiny Hero, Exorcister, Destiny Hero, Invoked Mech Knight, uh, Dogmatica Invoked, 1DD, Endymion, Grass Infernoid, Invoke Shadal, Megalith FTK. Megalith FTK. Excuse me? Well then. Where is that deck profile? That's what I want to know. That's in that that's interesting. Yeah. Spiral and Trapicade Lyrilisk. So this is like by the way, this is like 90, 93 topping decks from 17 tournaments held across Japan and Japan and China. So um 
over the course of a week. Yeah. So basically it compiles, this metagame report compiles a bunch of locals reports into one large topping list. So, Which is still interesting. Yes. So let's talk about the 20% PK. So these Phantom Knight decks, when you think Phantom Knights here in the TCG, you think Phantom Knights and sure they'll run like a Dragoon. And that's that's even a maybe some usually they do uh but i think they're uh, but i think some of them are gonna start also using the uh destroy phoenix enforcer package as well right just due to it's shiny and new yeah and a lot of them argue that like running an artifact scythe and being able to destroy phoenix enforcer pop the scythe yeah. So you run like a small artifact package to special summon lock your opponent is really yeah, good. It's, it's what Dagdus and Dagdun the extra deck scythe in the main. That's it, yep. So and then your Phoenix Enforcer package that you're already running. So yeah. um but you have to remember that Phoenix Enforcer is a lot more prevalent over there mm-hmm. because they've had it a while and, and Dragoon's banned. Exactly. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the other thing to consider. So yeah. but of these Phantom Knights, you have fourteen of them are Destiny Hero Brave Phantom Knight. Oh, which is you run the you run the Phoenix Enforcer package, and then you also run the uh, Brave Token package, which is like a one card starter to summon negate. Yeah. So yeah, that that that's that's interesting. Plus the your normal PK plays that you would go through. Right. So like in total for that package, you're running one Destiny or Dasher, one Destiny Hero Celestia. You're running like four brave token monsters and then the rest is like your normal phantom knight build you're running like three torrent scales you're running three of the boots you're running one ancient cloak one ragged gloves and then you're running two fog blades of wings and a shade brigandine and then you're also running for your spells well you so you're also running three two cross outs so you're running three maxi three ash two nibs because that's what hurts you the most and then you're running like three fusion destinies. Uh, I think it's five brave token spells, maybe four. I I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I it's all in Japanese. So yeah. Uh, and then droplets, a couple of called buys because they have multiple called by yeah. over there. Um, and then you have, of course, your one rota, and it's that's you know like a 42 card deck. So, but I mean everything is one card starters and searchable. So I mean right. And, like, this deck, like, just think, listen to the extra deck and just kind of, you know, um, one du- one Phoenix Enforcer, one Breaksword, one Levier, the Sea Dragon, one Downard, one Zeus for quick Zeus plays. Yeah. On top of a uh, Breaksword or something. Then one Link Spider, one Almirage, one Cherubini, one Verte, one Mascarena, one Dagda, one uh, Dark Charmer. One Bardish, one Unicorn, and one Boral Sword. It's just good stuff. That extra deck, pretty much, and like, because like, like the only thing that's very specifically this is for PK is like the Levier and the Break Sword, for the most well, part. Well, and the Cherubini and yeah, the yeah. Rusty. Yeah, but I mean, just in general, it's just a strong mid rangey deck, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, because no, you can like you can just make the Brave Token and pass. PK plays and pass, or you could just make the destroy Phoenix enforcer or even do multiples, which is what you're really going to do is end up putting out like a good PK board and then ending that with 
going through the brave stuff for like a for like one negate through the brave token package yeah so if they're not running destiny hero brave phantom knights though they're running danger punk phantom knights there's a couple of those fair i could see like so while they're running punks and, and the dangers are always good mm-hmm. uh one just danger phantom knight one grass phantom knight because uh, that grass is greener is at two over there even yeah. though like almost nobody plays it uh one grass danger burning abyss uh phantom knight which grass danger burning abyss phantom knight is like a lot but you know whatever works yeah yeah talk about talk about a pile of random stuff for honestly yeah so uh, but that's pretty much it. So there's a lot of different routes you can go. You can go with the punk stuff. You can go with the Destiny Hero, Brave Tokens, Grass, Dangers. You can tech a lot of different little engines into this oh, deck. Yeah. You know, but like I imagine the punk build's probably more of a rank three spam build. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because you can hit rank threes and they can also sink for six real easy. So that's probably what that there that's there for. Right. So surprisingly, the next deck on this list is actually prank kits. But when you really look at the breakdown on what kind of prank kids decks we have, it it's really not like that surprising, right? Because it's eleven of the thirteen prank kids decks are just brave token prank kids. Oh, okay, brave kids. Yeah. <laughs> so and then two of them are destiny hero brave token of course prank kids. So it, brave token is such just like a cancer in the OCG right now. It just kind of grows into everything, and then you just can't get rid of it once it's there. Uh, I, I mean, it just—it literally just—it seems like every deck just wants to tech in a little brave token package just for a quick and easy negates. Yeah, well, I mean, because like, how big is? The, I mean, because package is only what five, six cards big at most. I think it's like eight, but it's, it's still. Yeah, that's still kind of tiny for just. Hey, I drew one of them. I get a negate on board. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good. It really is. It really is. Uh, next, we have some Sword Souls. So we have seven Sword Souls, which includes three Pure Sword Soul, two Tenyi Sword Soul, and two Destiny Hero Tenyi Sword Soul. So that all just depends on whether or not you want to put the money into a Phoenix Enforcer package, right? Yeah. So um, after that, we have the Brave Sword Soul Yangzing Tenyi deck. So, which just sounds like worm dot deck again. Yeah, pretty much just worms, lots of worms. So, uh, next we have what was it? What was next? Drytron, which is four yeah. Drytron and one Destiny Hero Drytron. Oh no, I'm sensing a pattern. Yeah, <laughs> four Fluanderies, which we'll talk a little bit more in depth about later. Uh, then you have some Eldritch, which is. Two regular Eldlich, one Brave Eldlich, and one Grass Brave Eldlich. Four Tri Brigade, which is three Destiny Hero Tri Brigade, and then wait, three Destiny Hero Zodiac Tri Brigade, and one just Destiny Hero Tri Brigade. Because I don't think that Barrage is banned over there. It's not. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah they didn't ban Barrage on their last ban list. Yeah, four Phoenix Brave, which is just Phoenix Enforcer Brave tokens. Uh, and then I assume a bunch of stall and draw. <laughs> probably lots of hand drops and stuff. Yeah. Uh, three at Emancipator, three, and then, you know, we're just back into what I was reading off earlier. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other deck that they have here is the Prank Kids deck, which has the small Brave Token package. It's like nine cards. Then you have, like, your two Rops, two Roxies, three Lampsies, three Dropsies, three Fansies, 
one nib, three max C, three ash, all for cross out targets because you run two cross outs, two call by. Your five prank kits, your I mean your five uh brave token spells, because it's four monsters, five spells is the full package, it looks like. Then two prank kids, brah. Looks like two pandemonium, one place, one pranks. Could have my numbers there wrong. And then three droplets, and then like I said, two call by, two cross outs, one thunder dragon fusion, and then one imperm, probably also a cross out target. So, Most likely. Yeah. And then the extra deck is uh one rocket ride one weather washer two battle butler two meow meow moo one link spider two doodle do one bow wow bark then uh verte wait what is oh verte is just here for the prank kids place okay oh yeah neat yeah uh one link monster that i don't recognize one looks like a rip roar and roaster and then one Nightmare Unicorn and one Boral Sword. So it's mostly just there as like a, I don't know, the prank, the, the Brave Token stuff is just there as like a techable package in every deck. Yeah, just, yeah, that that deck, that, that deck, that oh Oh, so that's, tiny. that card is, that's the new red alt art of Firewall Dragon. Oh, okay, cool. So they're also running Firewall Dragon. Yeah, but why? Good question. I mean, are, I, are the prank kids? No, none of them are cybers, are they? Yeah, no, no. They're Rockfire, Aqua, and. Huh. I don't remember. Thunder. But, like, the, like a major point behind them, though, and the only reason why I can remember that they're not cybers is because people like to overlay the Lampsies. Not the Lampsies, the. Dropsies. Uh, Dropsies into. Uh, Abyss Dweller. Not Dweller, because he's into Bahamut. Bahamut Shark. They can do both. Yeah. They can do both, but mostly for a shark because he requires two aquas or is it two waters? I don't remember which. I think it's two waters. Okay, no, if it's two waters, it doesn't matter. But long story short, I, they're not. I recall them not being cybers. I don't know why Firewall Dragon. Maybe the tokens are cybers, but it's not what Firewall Dragon's for. Hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I don't know. Neither do I. So. So this is Metagame Report 4, and keep in mind that since the start of this format in the OCG, they've been, just PK has been the number one deck, all format. Yeah, various builds of PK, but PK in general. Yeah, just being able to tech in the Brave Token package and the... Uh, Destroy Phoenix Enforcer. Yeah, and the DPE package is just so, so good in that deck. It gives it it gives it the Omni Negate that it desperately needs. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So next we have the OCG metagame report number five. But before we do, we do want to take a moment to talk about ETB games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Our locals. Right. So we do want to thank our sponsor, ETB Games. They do a lot for us. They help us out. And they, of course, support the podcast. And we support them by letting everybody know that this Saturday, the 13th, there is an upcoming uh, ETB Battle City Day. So for those that are in Louisiana or a, a lot of Texas, Arkansas, etc., uh, feel free to reach out to us if you need more information. But they do this ETB Battle City Day about once a month. They try to as best they can. Right. And so they do it about once a month. 
Uh, it is kind of like a little bit bigger than most locals tournaments. They try to, they try to round out like, they try to get over like twenty to twenty five people, which in a lot of places not like that crazy, but for us that's a solid turnout. So we are gonna work on getting to the. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody can get to the Battle City days. We want to let you know as early as possible when those are coming. So uh, be sure to check that out this Saturday. If you're interested, like I said, reach out to us for more information. Uh, and if you can't make it, if you're not local, that is perfectly okay. Just go ahead and check out their link in the description below. So thank you, everybody, for that. Um, so let's go ahead and hop on into the metagame report number five. So this one is more recent. This one is from 138 top performing decks from 23 tournaments held in Japan and mainland China all of last week and compiled and put out yesterday. So it's November the 6th or well, like three days ago as of listening. So, but this honestly, Phantom Knights got even stronger. It was 20% in the last list. And now we're looking at, um, now we're looking at 27.5%. Jesus, a full 7.5% boost. Yeah, I mean, Phantom Knights just gets better and better. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, because, like, you know, because that 20, because, like, I don't, that's like one of the biggest bumps I've ever seen on a deck, like, on a deck as old as Phantom Knights. The deck's good, as it turns out. Yeah, but I think that might also be part of the reason why, because, why it was able to get such a huge boost so quickly was probably partially because everyone already had the core just set aside in their bulk from, you know, back when it first came out, blah, 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 and finally decided, you know what, Tom, let's pull that out again. Right. Let's go. So that's a, uh, that's a Pendulum Era archetype. Uh, it's pre, oh, yeah, yeah, Pendulum Era, yeah, because it yeah, came yeah. out at the same time as Pendulum, same set. Yep. So, yeah, although so. we, actually... It was an OC. It was a TCG exclusive archetype for the longest. It was in the anime too, but it was a TCG exclusive archetype in the game. weird. Yeah. Huh. Well, no. Well, no. I take that back. I take that back. That was Burning Abyss. Oh yeah, the 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 fire half of PK fire. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, no, no. I was talking about pure PK. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, like the deck itself is really solid. Uh, even you know, even without the oh, uh, Omni Negate because. I mean, yeah, the Omnigate is what lets it kind of say no to stuff like Dark Ruler No More and Forbidden Droplet. Let, let's gives the opportunity to stop that. Right. Um, which, you know, if your opponent had it, then that was it. You just lost right there. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you use up so many resources trying to get to that end board to begin with. Yeah, I think that... All right, well, let's go ahead and let's, let's, let's look at... Um, let's get a little bit deeper in it and see more of what's here so we have 38 phantom knights which like i said is out of 138 so yeah 38 phantom knights which most of them are destiny or brave phantom knights a couple of dangers and one brave danger but it's almost all destiny or brave phantom knight so yeah we have 14 fluanderies that's a big buff to fluanderies too yeah so it's 10, represents around 10 percent of the meta so, 14 Fluanderies is... It's a lot. Uh, you have 12 Eldlich. So, this is 8 Pure Eldlich, 2 Brave Token Eldlich, 1 Grass Destiny Hero Eldlich, and 1 Grass Destiny Hero Brave Token Eldlich. 
So it's just pops and negates and eldritch stuff. So yeah. Uh, then you have twelve prank kids, which is nine brave prank kids, three destiny hero braves, uh, eleven sword souls, which is five pure, three tenyi, two destiny hero, and one destiny hero tenyi sword soul. Then you have seven brave sword soul yang zing tenyi, which is just brave worms. Then five Adagnister, four Adamantipator, four Shadal, three Drytron, which is Shadal is the usual suspects, Grass plus Destiny Heroes and Braves. Uh, three Drytrons, three Hero, three Tri-Brigade Lyrilis, two Brave Virtual World, two Destiny Heroes Sky Striker, mm. two Destiny Heroes Zodiac Tri-Brigade, two Dino, which is one, like, uh, one Destiny Hero Dino and one Dino FTK. Ooh, where are these FTK lists? I, I need them. I think they're trying to not propagate the, uh, the uh, degeneracy that is the FTK. Hey now, hey, hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, two Phoenix Brave token, two Salamangre, two Zephyra, one Agent Fairy, one Destiny Hero Invoked, one Destiny Hero Orchest, one Dragon Link, one Evil Twin, one Rika, one Speedroid, one Spiral. Speedroid? Wait, Spiral? <laughs> I like how I rattle off the one-ofs, and you're like, wait a minute, Speedroid? Wait a minute, Spiral? We're not even going to mention Rika. Well, who cares about Rika? Spiral? <laughs> I'm interested in Dragon Link in the OCG. Uh, Yeah, that's actually, that'd actually be really interesting to, to compare you saw my Dragon Link from here to OCG. Yeah, because they have even more banned than we do yeah that deck but so. the, and they also have less like like they still have access to multiple copies of call by the grave and other various hand traps and they have max c you know so right that's true so the the phantom knights deck over there is interesting because the big revelation here was running droll and lockbird because Droll and Lockbird hurts the Fluanderis deck. Because on resolution of um, Rabina, because it would be Normal Summon Rabina, activate effect, uh, search Eaglin, then Normal Summon Eaglin. And then right there, you can Droll. So it would be Chainlink 1, Eaglin on Normal Summon, Chainlink 2, Droll. Droll would resolve negating and then eaglin would attempt to search can't because it's negated but then because the way it's worded it's full effect just right they don't get another normal summon they're they're stopped right so so that's rough to know yeah um, so whether or not that role really hurts fluanderies oh yeah like whether or not that ruling will persist over into the tcg has yet to be seen it will that's just how it works okay cool that's just how chain links work so well i mean like that particular whole that particular ruling because sometimes ocg and tcg gets kind of weird like that it does that is fair but yeah. I, I think it'll i think it'll translate yeah, but that that seems to be one of those things where it should work the same just due to just the way just the way it, it that kind of thing is interacting mm-hmm. i think though that the thing to note is that that's kind of the reason that a lot of the fluanderies decks are running the um uh Dimension Shifter, right, and right, Macro, right. and Defissure. Because you have to be able to discard it to the graveyard specifically. Yeah, it, it, it's in from, yeah, it sends itself from hand to grave, not discard it, period. Right. It, which is, yeah, which means that if they D-Shifter or Defissure or whatever, 
can't get drolled. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Problem solved. So, the Phantom Knights deck is looking about the same as it was last time, which is uh, you've it's a forty three card deck instead of forty two. Now you've still got the two, three or five card Destiny Hero package. So, um, you know your three fusion destinies: one Celestial, one uh, Dasher. And then you're running a nine-card Brave Token package, which is five spells and four monsters. You're running, like I said, the three Torn Scales, the three Silent Boots, the... In fact, this is just the exact same deck list. It's it's just exactly the same, plus one Foolish Barrel. Huh. Extra so. starter, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess they just were like, hmm, let's, let's just bump that, that card count up to 43 so we can run one extra starter, even though we were already running... A ton of them, I yeah. guess. Even the extra deck is the same. This must just be the same guy's deck. It, it probably is like the exact same dude, but he just kind of added that in. It was like, why? Why? He probably had this epiphany of why aren't I running this? Maybe and just decked it in. So, ooh, and then we've also got the Fluanderies deck list. So, Fluanderies deck list is interesting. So you have three Fluanderies and the Journey preparations as a new addition to the deck. That propelled it to the forefront of the metagame. Most players have chosen to swap out three Book of Moon to make space for three Fluanderies and Journey preparations. So, uh, Book of Moon's primary function was as a countermeasure to Effect Veiler and Imperm. Because you could chain Book of Moon to the activation and set your monster. And it would cause him to lose the target. And the Fluanderies effect would resolve. And then you can still use it as tributes for Tribute Summon. Yep. So, faced on monsters are still viable tribute and fusion material. So, right, and it would not be banished when it left the field, so it could be added back to hand when a winged beast monster is normal summon. Ooh. So, uh, Fluanderies and Journey preparation is a quick play spell, which kind of so it can perform like the same essential function. But being able to effectively dodge Effect Veiler and Imperm is the biggest thing that Fluanderies really needs. I mean, those cards just impact the deck so greatly. Oh, yeah, no, no, like they, I mean, because all their effects, because like their their whole shtick is a normal summon into an effect, which then normal summons into an effect, which then normal summons into effect. Right. Because that's a whole shtick, if you hit one of them with an Ash, Veil, veil or Imperm, it stops that whole train. Right. It, 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 it It's a, it kind of pulls the uh, rails out from under them. Right, right. So. The bridge is out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last deck. Uh, we'll look at two more decks here. So we're going to talk really quick about Eldritch. So this particular Eldritch deck was primarily tuned to play against PK uh, because it's running. Wow. This deck has something else. Okay. So this deck has so many cards that are banned here in the TCG. Let's talk about this. Wow, this deck is something else. I I can't get over this. Okay, listen to this deck list and tell me, stop me every time you hear a card that you're like, wait, how many of what? Okay. All right, three Eldritch. Mm -hmm. One Pank. Dinosaur Pankertops. Two Cursed Eldland. Okay. Two Eldlixer of Black Awakening. One Eldlixer of White Destiny. Three Reasoning. You're joking, right? Nope. Reasoning's at three in the OCG. Oh my god! They're running four monsters and in a forty-three card deck. Oh my god! So declare a monster number four. Okay, mill your entire deck until you hit Eldritch, and then special summon Eldritch or Pank. Yeah. 
And then you're milling all your Eldritch spells and traps. That's crazy. Okay. So three reasoning, three pot of extravagance, three pot of prosperity, three Eldlicks of Scarlet Sanguine, three Conquistador, two Haquero, two of this Eldlich trap card that I do not know the name of, uh, three Solemn Judgment, two Ice Dragon's Prison, which is actually really cool because so many of the Phantom Knights are warriors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three Skill Drain. It, uh, <laughs> We're having an aneurysm. Uh, <laughs> skill drain's at one here. Uh, why is skill drain at three over there? Three rivalry Ugh. of warlords. Two goes in match. One imperial order. One vanity's emptiness. Oh my god! This is the deck of stop having fun. It really is. Uh, they're running two. I think that's Constellar Plates in the extra deck. Those are that's the rank five Constellar because they can overlay the trap monsters to make him. Yeah. Uh, two Gustav Max. Two of a rank ten that I don't recognize. One Super Dora. Two Juggernaut Libe. One Zeus. One Imduck. One Link Spider. One Nightmare Phoenix. One line of the light charmer and one vampire sucker, all just utility cards. Yeah, and the extra deck is like three lava golems, three evenly matched, two shadow mirrors. The third goes in again. A whole lot of I don't like playing Yu Gi Oh, so I built this deck so I can play Yu Gi Oh. One dark bribe. <laughs> what? That you know that one dark bribe is exclusively for whenever their opponent activates um, uh, Upstar Goblin. Yeah, that way they can they decide. This yeah, you're, you're doing this on my terms. Yeah, man. exactly. I don't care. I don't care about your one thousand life point gain. I don't need it. Yeah, dude. This this deck is so disgusting. It's really funny. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's really funny. But I I couldn't bring myself to play it. No, neither could I. So That's... it's yeah. The last deck to talk about here is um, Sword Soul. So, this is actually a pretty interesting Sword Soul list. They run one Arch Nemesis Protos in the list. Ooh. Um, because it can be accessed by the Sword Soul Grandmaster Shi Shao, which is, I think, the level 8 synchro. Yeah. Uh, which adds a Sword Soul Emergence from deck to hand. And when you control a synchro monster, Sword Soul Emergence can be used to add a Worm monster instead. So, you add Arch Nemesis Protos. Uh, whose effect can be activated by declaring its own attribute, destroying all dark monsters on the field, and making neither player able to special summon monsters with dark attribute until the end of the next turn, effectively locking PK monsters and DPE out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, actually. Yeah. So it's running. they're running three Long Huan, three Mo Yi, two of the level four Wind one, whose name I don't know, um... Then three Ecclesia the Enlightened or the Ecclesia the Virtuous. The new Ecclesia. The, the new Ecclesia. Incredible Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah. So then you're running that one um, Arch Nemesis Protos, then the Hand Trap lineup. So three D Shifter, two Nibiru, three Maxi, three Ash Blossom. Then three of the Sword Soul Spell, two of the Sword Soul Trap. Then two Desires, two Prosperity, two Called By, two uh, Cross Out, then two Solemn Judgments, one Imperial Order, and one um, 
Vanity's emptiness. Sounds like some good stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And in the extra deck, extra deck's funny. You've got uh, two Chi Shao, one Baxia, one. Uh, that's Yazzie, maybe? No, that's Baxia. I don't know what this one is. Uh, this is one of the Tenyi. It's the Tenyi 7. Is that Yazzie? I think. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, one Draco Berserker of the Tenyi, one Adamantspeater Risen, uh, Dragite, the synth level 8 Synchro. Yeah. One, one Colossal Fighter there for the Max C OTK. Yeah. Uh, one Cyber Slash Harpy Lady, one Ruddy Rose Dragon, uh, two or one of the level 10 uh, synchro uh, one Baron one level four dark exceeds. I don't know which one that is. Uh, then there's level seven pendulum exceeds that I don't recognize. And then there's a Zeus. And then there's another level 10 synchro. That's fire that I don't recognize. So fair. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it's interesting to me that, um, Sword Soul. I mean, this list went what uh, six zero and two there. Okay, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, I think Sword Soul is an interesting deck. I don't know how how really good it is, but it's interesting. So. Oh yeah, definitely. But that'll wrap us up for our OCG metagame report. Uh, the next thing we do, we actually, haha, we took some time and we thought about it and we decided there is a little bit more that we actually want to talk about here. So, we want to take a moment to discuss our top five um top five side deck cards heading into the current format so oh yeah um i guess we'll go ahead and we'll do kind of a one by one um i did my list of five and caleb did his list of five and it turns out there's a fair amount of overlap here so Caleb, why don't you say the first card on your list? We'll talk about it, and then we'll go to my list, and we'll just go back and forth. Okay, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. One second to bring up back up that list. Mm-hmm. Boop. Okay, so Harpy's Feather Duster. Uh, yeah, I like Harpy's Feather Duster a lot in the current format. Um, I it, Phantom Knights are making a bit of a resurgence here, and being able to clear out those fog blades is awesome. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Just, you know, your opponent passes their turn, they got a bunch of back row, and you just... It feels so good to just look at your opponent dead in the eye and just go Harpies Feather Duster. Yep. My absolute favorite thing, though, is the face they get whenever you, like, draw for turn. Don't add to your hand. Just kind of look at it, and then just immediately activate Harpies Feather Duster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's the funniest thing in the world to just rip it off the top and just flip it basically off the top, like, just... Just turn it over. Yep. Oh, man. Um, But at the same time, I've also been in the reverse position of that, and it sucks. Oh, it really does. <laughs> um, Either way, but either way, it's a very important card, um, particularly in any format where it has back-heavy decks. Just the fact that Eldritch still kind of exists is enough, in my opinion, to warrant the Harpies for the Duster. Yeah, absolutely. And because it's, you drop the Harpy's Feather Duster, they just kind of go, oh, yeah, let's go to the next game. I mean, I've seen it happen. If they don't have the Solemn Judgment ready. Yeah. Like, like it kind of makes it kind of makes you think that they should probably run like Starlight Road, too. Dude, I have been thinking about that. Do you know how hilarious it would be to resolve a Starlight Road in that deck? And then special summon a Stardust Dragon. Oh, yeah. 
you know, so that way, even if they activate Twin Twister, you can just shrug, go, okay. Yep. I think that also uh, with Harpy's Feather Duster, I see on my list, I had Lightning Storm on my list. Which is kind of the same thing. In a way. In a weird way. I think Lightning Storm has a little bit more versatility, but I think the point is that we both kind of touched on is that you absolutely, without a doubt, have to be able to have that blowout, right? You, yeah. th- whether you're blowing out back row, blowing out attack position monsters, you know, some people would put evenly matched on theirs. Yeah, yeah. Again, kind of the same thing. It's the kind same of. principle, I think. Yeah, the same principle of you're wiping out a bunch of cards with just one card. Yeah, so. Um, um, however, the funniest thing I've, however, the funniest thing I've ever seen was, uh, uh, this hadn't happened to me or any game I was in. I was it was a game that happened next to me, and it was Eldritch versus something. They had set five pass, and the opponent literally took the top card of the deck, flipped it, and it was um, and it was uh, the Harpy Feather Duster, mm-hmm. and he went, "Oh no, flip IO, <laughs> chain uh, twin twister." Oh no, <laughs> reverse. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but that you have to do that. I think if you have Duster Twin. Uh, I don't think you twin first trying to bait. I think you duster first trying to bait, and then tw- and then if the IO gets flipped, you you, uh, du- you chain twist, twist the- pop get- the IO yeah. right, and then one extra back row. Yeah, because for those that don't know, because I know a lot of our audience is newer players, when your opponent activates a continuous spell or trap, you can if you chain a quick play. So first of all, chain links resolve backwards, so the quick play would resolve. The quick play would resolve first. And if a continuous spell or trap is destroyed, they don't on activation. It doesn't resolve. Correct. They have uh, all uh, continuous spells, continuous traps, and field spells. This is important. And field spells must be face up in order to activate and resolve their effect. Correct. That so, includes twin twister. Like your opponent activates magical meltdown, chain twin twister, and pop it. Yes. Or should all schism. Same thing. Same thing. They have to be face up on the field in order to activate and resolve their effects. Yep. So I think that that is worth I the point is I think it's important to have that blowout though. Definitely at bare minimum it'll force your opponent to flip their IO. Right. If they've got it it'll for, it'll force them to flip something. Yep, to attempt to stop it. It the best I think I think the, I think what we're trying to say here is that it forces a response. Exactly. They either respond to this or they go neg 4. Yeah, or they just lose. So um, and that's a, the same a, thing with something like uh, uh, Forbidden Droplet while your opponent has a Dragoon up on field. Yeah. They either negate it with Dragoon or Dragoon or Dragoon gets negated. One or the other. Right. Depending on what you activated. It, depending upon what you activate. If you activate it and then pitch a, uh, a monster, monster, they can't respond. Yeah. So, But I think the thing to note, though, is... Um, well, dang it. I, had, I was going to say something. And then I stopped, and I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no. Oh, well. Eh, it's fine. I th- I, I'm pretty sure we covered why you'd want a blowout-type card. Yeah. Lightning yeah. Storm, Harpy's Feather Duster. For sure. Feather Duster, Harpy's Feather Storm. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. I think the next thing to talk about, though, is we actually have two cards that overlap on both of our lists that I think we should kind of group up together because they're incredibly impactful, and they fall under the same category of card which That's is fair a floodgate hand trap that is fair a once per, a once per turn 
this mechanic is gone for the turn. Yeah. Uh, Droll and Lockbird. And Artifact Lancia. Yep. So, for those of you who do not know, for some reason, uh, Droll and Lockbird is that whenever your opponent searches a card, after the search is complete, you discard Droll and Lockbird, and neither player can search anymore. Yes. Uh, spe- very specifically, they cannot add cards to their hand except by drawing them. No, not no, not, not even. Not even by drawing okay. them. I'm, that's what I'm used to with those kinds of effects. Either way, your opponent's done searching for the turn. Right. So decks like uh, Drytron, if you drop a Droll on them, that's it. They're done for the turn. More or less, yeah. It's very hard for them to play with through a Droll. Yeah. Um, the next, the other deck that this greatly impacts is Invoke Shadal Dogmatica. Um, it does have kind of some impact against Tri Brigade, especially the Lyrilisk build, because the Lyrilisk build is a bit search heavier, if I'm not mistaken, yeah? Much search heavier. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, because uh, just like based off the bread and butter combo of opening Fractal and um, Turquoise Warbler is you pitch the Fractal mill special special and then that's one search overlay another search special special search overlay another search like it's real easy it's real easy to real quick get like four searches back to back to back or even five depending on sure yeah um and then if you end on the uh smorg that's another search right yeah it's very very search heavy compared to standard tri brigade which can go an entire turn not searching a single card right uh yeah, tri- regular tri brigade can do some stuff, but it's not like it's not near as search heavy. Yeah, which is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in that, yeah, your opponent might droll you, but you were probably only going to do one search that turn anyway. Right. Oh well. Um, and it's a curse because well, you better open up what you need. <laughs> um, but I mean. But I mean, with Triberger, they have so many ways to get into what they need off of just that one search with uh, Nerval. Um, uh, Lancia, on the other hand. Yeah, that was the other thing I was about to say. I was about to yeah. lead into Lancia. So uh, Lan- Lancia is a bit more of a... Um, it, you have to play it a bit more preemptively because if your opponent activates a card in, your, in their graveyard that banishes for cost, such as a lot of the PK monsters... Yeah, it's or, too late. Right, or if they activate a tri brigade effect on field. Yeah, it's it's already too late. They've already got the banishes. Lancing at that point, nope. There's really no point. Right. So it's better to pretty much as soon as the, as soon as they draw during their draw phase, Lancia. Right. Yeah. Um, Limits hand traps and other things from correct. Hit. So either Lancia in the standby or wait until you see something happen that's go- that you you can read their next move as being banished. So like. If they start putting PK monsters in grave, then you preemptively go, oh, okay, activate Lancia, and then they're stuck with a graveyard full of PKs that they can't yep. banish. Or if um, they, if they like, activate Fractal, send Kit, send Nerval, yeah. search Karis, summon Karis, when they summon the Karis, hey, Lancia. Yep. That way they've already used their summon for the turn. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, especially if you hear them go normal summon Karis. They normal oh, summon yeah. that Karis. They probably don't have any any other tri beasts in hand, so that's a fantastic place to just pop a Lancia in your in your deck. Oh, for sure. Um, it also Lancia can also kind of affect Eldritch a little bit. Um, yeah, you just have to read when they're gonna start doing stuff, but it can shut off their resource engine for one turn, and one turn without their resource engine going is huge in that deck. Sometimes that's enough to just turn around and smack them. 
Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, or at least set up a board to where you can just kind of shrug at whatever they're trying to do. Right. So yeah. Um. So I. Yeah. It also uh completely stops VW as well. Virtual World. Because uh, they do a lot of banishing themselves. Um, I like to do this with Virtual World on their opening turn, mainly because it shuts off their Chuche for the next turn. Exactly. Because they don't have a way to get banished spells and traps. For them so. to return to the uh, graveyard or, or deck. Shuffle back to the deck to pop yeah, one. Exactly. It's it, it, Bare minimum, it'll shut off their Chuche at least. Right. Which is pretty major for them. Mm-hmm. For, for you in that situation. You know what I meant. Um, but yeah, Lancia. Really good card. Uh, really cheap, actually, uh, comparatively to the other hand traps we've already discussed. Hand traps. So the other extra, extra cards we've already talked about. Droll being, I think, $10 at cheapest. Uh, Feather Dusters. Well, Feather Duster, I think, being like 5 or 6 bucks. Yeah? Um, Feather Duster, you can probably pick one up for 5 or 6 Yeah, Yeah, yeah. La- yeah Drolls are going to be 8 or 9 a piece. Yeah, but you can spend $4 and get a Secret Rare or Lancia. Yeah, exactly. You can spend 12 bucks and get a playset of Secrets. Or you can spend three dollars and get a play set of commons. Right. Yeah. I mean, Lancia Commons. I mean, it, its original printing was as common, which is why it's so good. Yeah, and it's, it's so, so cheap. cheap. I mean, so cheap. I mean. Yeah, and and it's one of those cards that yes does come and go come in and come out the meta, but it's one of those cards that you're that even though yeah I'm not running it right now, there's going to be a situation where you're going to run it later. Right. It's it's well worth you know the three to twelve dollars you spend on the play set. For sure. So, Droll, Lancia, and then you have uh, Harpy's Feather I have Lightning Storm. But yeah, but we already talked, you know, Lightning right. Storm evenly matched. Yeah. So, why don't you go ahead, and hit get, go ahead and hit your next card, and then I'll do mine after. So, my next card was actually Dark Ruler No More. Which I totally whiffed on. I don't know how I missed this on my list. I should have just gone through my side deck and picked cards out of there, but I totally so whiffed. I did. Yeah, I totally whiffed. This card... This card's amazing. So here's what Dark Ruler No More does. I actually have the card right here in front of me. Uh, negate the effects of all face-up monsters your opponent currently controls until the end of the turn. Also, for the rest of this turn after this card, uh, if this card resolves, your opponent takes no damage. Now the player can activate monster effects in response to this card's activation. And this is a um, normal spell card, too. Yep. So. Um... It is a little expensive. I think it's eight or nine dollars for the common. Really? I think. Wow! Yeah. I didn't realize that. Let me look it up yeah. real quick. Um, that's because it, it. That's because the only low rarity printing it's gotten right now was out of the Charmer Structure Deck, which not a lot of people bought. Really? Yeah. I did not realize. Yeah. Yeah. Sure enough, the commons are seven dollars and the Prismatic Secrets are fourteen. Yeah, so huh. it, it it is a little expensive side, but if you can get if you can pick them up, like let's say your opponent, like let's say your opponent was Drychon, they went full board and including a dragoon, you just kind of go dark roller no more, right? If they don't have a solemn judgment or that they don't have a spell or trap negation, that isn't a monster effect. That's it. Their whole board just is just blanked, and then you go full board, and not just that, but you also have to think about, um, like, ap- like for like a great like a great card to hit with that is actually Appaloosa, because then it's just permanently negated because the way its effect works. Right. You well well okay okay. There's another way to do it, which is you can respond to it with a spell or trap like Imperm or like a Twin Twister, mm-hmm. 
And then if you have something that negates the effects of a face-up card your opponent controls, such as Hot Red Dragon Archie from yeah. the Abyss. Or um, Medulce. Uh, Medulce. I'm trying to remember the name of that trap card. Uh, Promenade? Yeah, Medulce Promenade. Yeah. <laughs> then you can... lit. Yeah, but I mean, with Medulce Promenade, you can just chain it directly to it and negate it. Yeah, but like with but Hot like, Red Dragon Archie from the Abyss, the yeah. really interesting thing is that you can go... Um, you can chain like a Twin Twister... And, and then, then chain hot red dragon archfiend abyss, and then blanket that way because you can't respond to that, but you can respond. You can respond to it with other things, and then blanket in the same chain with yeah. something different. But stuff like Appaloosa can't stop, can't stop it. Dragoon can't stop it. They're they're like vast majority of things that they would have on board. To Appaloosa stop. couldn't stop it anyway. Yeah, yeah, but you get what I'm saying. The most omni negates that a lot of decks would have on board are monster effects, and they can't respond to it. Right. Right. So. Um, and then like, like, even, like, even if they did chain it, it's almost a vast majority of the Omni negates in the game very, have to, have to activate in response to whatever they're negating. Um, but that's, you know, but it, how often do you think it's going, that's going to happen where your opponent's just going to chain and, cause they're not going to be able to chain a, um, a, uh, Imperm cause you have nothing, cause you, at that point you don't have anything on board to target. Probably. And... If they activate uh, twin droplet, twin twi- whatever. yeah, twin twister or droplet. Let's just say twin twister. The twin twister have to target the dark willow to mourn itself. It's fine. And then they're also discarding a card in it's response. Fine. Either way, yes, they keep their omni negates, but at the same time, it puts them in because then they just went neg. What? What is that three? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, with droplet. I don't think they can act. I don't think you can activate trouble because you have you have no monsters on board and negate, or can it negate your monsters too? Um, that's a great question. Yeah, uh, I think it can only negate uh, cards your opponent controls. Okay, yeah. Uh, in which case, I don't think they could even negate it. I don't think they, I don't even think they could activate. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. You might be right. Yeah. The point is, it's very niche, but the, it's a very good card that you should absolutely check out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very niche. That your opponent can actually stop it outside of Dark Bribe, Solemn Judgment, right. Seven Tools of the Bandit, something weird. But it's great into crazy boards like the Virtual World boards and Drytron things yeah. like that. Dragon so. Link, yeah, etc. Cetera, um, et cetera. The next card we have on our list is one on my list. I have Nibiru on my list. The only reason this card was not on Caleb's list is because he thought it was more of a main deck card than a side deck card. Yeah, but that's because a lot of decks that run in the side would probably prefer to run in the main, but then they're like it's of the of the 3 6 9 12 hand traps I would main. Though Nibiru's probably the one where it's like in where if you're not up against a deck where that's going to hit, it's dead in hand. Yeah, I'm really scared about having a Nibiru in my main deck and playing against Eldlich. Exactly. So it's the one that got relegated to the side. Yeah, for at least in my my deck. Yeah, and and mine as well. But I know, but I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of decks that would that would love to be able to main it too, along with the standard main board of Ash, Imperm, and Valor. Right. So, I have Nib in mind. Nib is incredibly impactful against any combo deck except maybe Drytron because they can put up a negate in less than five summons if they want to. Um, Tri-Brigade Lyrilisk, with the right hand, can pump out a uh, three-negate Appa with summon four. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be the right hand, and I have to go, okay, I know they have the nib, so I'm going this path. And not only that, but you also have to think about the, um, it makes the rest of your turn suboptimal. Exactly. We're at, with Tri-Brigade Lyrilisk, with the Drytron, I think they do that just as part as their normal combo. Yeah, yeah, because if they, like, if they already have a fairy in hand... 
they'll just with one of their Benton searches, they'll just search the Herald of Orange Light. Yeah, and then let them make the uh, Omni Gate right there. Um, but yeah, but like uh, literally outside of those exact two instances. Like, um, Dragon Link doesn't put out a negate until near the very end of its combo line, so just nib them at some point. Uh, Medolce, if they don't, uh, like, with Medolce, if you if you run into it for some reason at your local, if they don't open, uh, Magellan plus Salon, they can't put out a negate before you can just nib them. Yeah, Hero and Phantom Knight. Uh, same thing. Just, just let them get all the way to the, uh, end of their combo, or sometimes earlier i don't know you kind of have to make a read to be honest with you yeah um the best bet is to just kind of figure out what the actual comp with the just learn the combo line yourself as if you're playing the deck right so that way you know okay the very next summon they're going to do is going to be a negate stop nib nib here right so uh i like nib uh so we're four cards deep i have droll lancia nib lightning storm caleb has duster dark roller no more droll and lancia what is your fifth and final card caleb Okay, so my fifth card is very, very, very deck-dependent. Uh, I have put Slash another card, so it might not be. Go ahead. For me, it's Dark Smorg. Slash Anti-Spell Fragrance. Yes. Um, The reason why with the Dark Smorg is because since I'm running right now, I'm on the... I actually switched off Medolce for a little while. Let, you know, give them, the, give them the deck a rest for a little while. Go to Lyralisk Tribe Great, because I like a Lyralisk. Mm-hmm. Um... I like a little layer less. I like a little layer less. Yeah, I like a little. Anyway, uh, so I can uh, so I can make the some more link, and then special summon literally any winged beast that I want that's level ten or lower, unless I set a card, then level uh, eight, nine, eight, or eight or lower, or whatever. Um, and that includes things like Apex Avian or the Barrier Statue, or if I know I'm up against uh, Eldritch. I can just pump out a Dark Samorg and laugh at them because now they can't set anything until they out the Zamor- the Dark Samorg. Right. Um. So it so to me that's just kind of funny. And anti spell fragrance kind of does the same thing to more spell heavy decks. Um, like Striker or what have you. But I mean, no matter what deck, if you, if I can like, if I open full com- enough combo to get into uh the link. And protect it, but then also get out a, and then set an anti-spell fragrance. I can just Dark Smorgan anti-spell fragrance. They're locked out of spells and traps. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the classic old Dark Smorgan anti-spell lock. <laughs> Crazy. So. The fact that I can do that. Is, is hilarious. Yeah. But it'll mostly be anti-spell fragrance being a fantastic uh, out to stuff like strike like if you flip io on striker yeah oh yeah I, like like ex- like but like but then course comes question if you're ex- you know they're going to have backer removal when do you activate the io do you wait for them to just shotgun it yeah yeah wait for them to shotgun the backer removal fair enough especially if you set a bunch they're going to be like okay there's one io in there i gotta snipe it yeah so yeah. um my next card is actually solemn judgment I think Solemn Judgment can be a really interesting side deck card. Uh, if you're not, even if you're not playing like Eldritch or something, but if you're building anything, if you're playing anything that builds a board, then if you can go ahead and you can Solemn Judgment side it in, especially in Game Three, I kind of love the idea of siding in Solemn Judgment in Game Three, as long as your game's not like three minutes from time because you don't yeah. want to put yourself in that situation. Yeah, but if it's like Game Two, you won Game One. You know, no, like, like if you're if you're going specifically, it has to be you're going first game three. Ooh, good point. 
and they you got like are, 20 minutes in time left yeah yeah yeah. you got like you know at least like 10 to 12 minimum yeah. because a solemn judgment well-timed when they haven't seen one yet just ends the whole game uh particularly if you went full board um and you know like you're sitting there with a bunch of you know with a bunch of full board with a bunch of back row on the back and they're like oh i got this dark ruler no more solemn judgment Oh. oh, oh! Like, what does your opponent do at that point? I Cry. mean, yeah, because you have all your Omni negates. They couldn't stop. They can't stop you from stopping them. So yeah, no, solemn judgment. It can seal a match for sure. Oh yeah, yeah especially yeah. if your opponent's not expecting it. Oh yeah. Um, it can also stop. Like, like, like I said, it can stop Dark Roller no more. Harpy's uh, Feather Duster. It, mm-hmm. A normal summon. Yeah, it's like uh, like the fact set that, four pass, do something about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's even if they're just like normal summon Alistair. Yeah, solemn judgment. Exactly. Oh, because then the Alistair just goes straight into the graveyard, and they don't get the invocation. So even if they have the invocation in hand, oh yeah, there's not really much they can do about it. It's it's rough. Yep. So that's my last card, Solemn Judgment. So the last thing we have is the podcast question of the day. So last week's podcast question of the day is what rarities do you are your least favorite and most favorite? So uh, we got some great replies. Twitter uh, for special rarities. They said collectors rare ultis and starlights, which depends on the card. Of course. But for base rarities, they love secrets and they love rares and they just don't like anything else. Fair. Uh rares and secret rares loved um and least favorite are supers. Uh here's one favorite is ultra, least favorite is gold, which was I'm just going to let you know gold is a very popular least favorite. Um favorite is secret, least favorite is rare. Yep. Ultimate rare is least favorite because of the fragility of the early ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Caleb, you mentioned that. Yep. Uh, gold is the favorite, and honorable mention to platinum. Oh my goodness, the mad lad. <laughs> favorite is old supers and ultras. I I can respect that. That's uh, fair. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of the new golds or platinums. Also fair. Uh. Ultimate rares are the favorite. Rares are the least favorite. <laughs> My man. My man. Favorites are ultis. Least favorite gold rares. Also, my man. Least favorite starlights. Ooh, that is a hot take. And most favorite is dual terminal ultra. Oh. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, love supers, but hate rares. Yep. Favorite secret. Least favorite super. Least favorite gold favorite is the Noble Knight slash Platinum Rare. Uh, There's a lot more love for those things in our comments than you would think. Huh. So. I just figured it would be like, like just collectively the everyone's most hated. No, no. I've Lots of people actually like the Platinum Rarity. That's crazy that is. Huh. This guy says he loves premium gold. Um <coughs> <coughs> Oh, excuse me. That was just cool. I like them well enough. Yeah. Um, least favorite ghost. There's we had a couple of those. To be fair, I do like the 3D effect on it, but I don't like that it's real hard to see the. It looks like it's been in a washing machine too long. 
it looks like it's been out in the sun for too long. Yeah. Where all the color got get, got bleached out. I'm like, and I understand why some people can like it, but like I said, I also kind of like to look at the artwork, and it's kind of hard to see it if it's all the same color. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting one. Favorite rarity is Shatterfoil, even though it's mostly universally hated. That's their words, not mine. I love Shatterfoil. So, oh yeah, no, I, oh no, I used to have a Shatterfoil, uh, uh, Grand Mole. I currently have a Shatterfoil Herald of the Orange Light, which I love. Yeah, yeah, I, I borrowed it for a little while for a um, Medulce. It looks, it's nice. Yep. Uh, so the and let's go. Let's jump into the Discord server. Uh, we had some cool answers in here too. Um. So, uh, oh my goodness. There we go. Uh, favorite ghosts and ultis. Least favorite commons and rares. A man of culture. <laughs> uh, Giant Skyhawk is just a monster. Uh, favorite is maximum gold, premium golds. <sighs> Again, I like them well enough. Not my favorite, but... Least favorite, platinum secret rare. So, this is not a rarity that... It, this is a rarity that not a lot of people realize exists here in the TCG. But platinum secret rare was... Can you tell me how many cards came in Platinum Secret Rare? Nope. Two. Oh. It was a, a Bujin card and a Fire Fist card from the 2014 10s. They were the only two cards to ever come in Platinum Secret Rare, and they looked so bad and they were so universally hated that nobody ever did it again. They never did it again. <laughs> Good. So. Jeez. Yeah. In fact, I think I have a Platinum Secret Rare right behind me. Uh, but the... Yeah, uh, then he said shout outs to Platinum Rare. Platinum Secret is the only beef I have, but he likes the Platinum Rares, which is mad lied territory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean so. I, I kind of understood I kind of understand where they were going with the Platinum Rares, but it just didn't work. Just didn't work out. No, it didn't. Um I my personal favorite is dual terminals, uh, and I hate rares. That's that was me. Mm -hmm. Um we had somebody that said their favorite is Starlight, least favorite is premium gold. Um a lot of discussion about whether platinum is actually a good rarity, which with everybody pretty much saying it's not, except for Giant Skyhawk. Giant Skyhawk, if you're listening, you're a monster. <laughs> uh, favorite is dual terminals, supers. Uh, least favorites are golds and platinums. We're back. Um, favorite is the current gold rares. Least favorite is ghost. Whew. Man, people are crazy. Favorite rarities in order. Starlight, Prismatic Secret, Secret, Hobby League, Parallel Rare. Hobby Leagues are very cool. Mm -hmm. I like Hobby Leagues. Least favorite rarities are Shatterfoils, then Rares, then go the original Gold Rares, and then the old Ghost and Golds, uh, and then Gold Secret, Platinum Secret, and a whole bunch. Um, favorites, Collector's Rares, Secret Ghosts, Tournament Pat or yeah, Turbo Pack and Astro Pack Supers. I think they meant just like the old like Tournament Pack and Champion Pack stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, least favorite, Commons, uh, Commons and Dude Ultras. <clears throat> I can understand that. Dude Ultras are not like super shiny. Yeah. So, it's kind of crazy though that everybody kind of has a different opinion on what is and is not the good rarities. So, yeah. I, I mean, I imagine it's kind of like Pokemon, where every Pokemon is someone's favorite somewhere. Right, right. Doesn't matter what Pokemon it is. Someone, someone, somewhere out there, it's their baby. Right. So, today, though, we're going to present to you the new podcast question of the day, which is, 
what is your white whale Yu-Gi-Oh card? So this is like the card that you've always wanted, but has eluded you forever for whatever reason. So you just personally, I've got two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted a first edition Metal Raiders Gate Guardian. Mm. I have an Unlim, which is very nice, but I've always wanted that first ed. First ed, yeah. Yep. It's always been a just. I see them. People have them. They've gone up. They're like $800 now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy. But I've always oh, yeah. wanted one of those. And then my modern one that I've been looking for for a while is Dual Terminal Trishula. I didn't yep. care too much about this back in the day, but now I really want one. So Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, searching one for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, it is most likely the Secret Rare Red Eyes Darkness Metal Dragon, the original Secret. That was a promo, actually, for Shonen Jump. The Ultra, you mean? Yeah, the Ultra, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's my white whale, because I've always wanted one, just because just they look so nice, and it was just Shonen Jump promo back in the day. Ugh. Yeah, it's a good-looking card. Do you have a modern one, too? Uh, Like the current card that you've been looking for since you got back into the game that you're just like, oh, I need it, but it's... Either too expensive, or I don't. I haven't been able to find one for trade or whatever. Oh, that's been. Uh, oh, that 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 that's bounced around for a while. Like when I first got back in the game, it was actually Cross Sheep. Got one. Right, right. Um. Then it was Verte. That's getting reprinted. Uh, th- then, well, then I stopped playing Shadal. So right. And it's like, what? I don't need a Verte because I'm not playing Shadal anymore. Right yep. now, so. Um. Like I said, it's just kind of bounced around. I've had to pick one in particular card right now. Yeah, it would probably have to be access code. Yeah. But thank God it's getting reprinted. <laughs> yep, reprint coming very soon on that. So yeah, shout like, out to Max Gold. Uh, next week, actually. Not not this coming Saturday, the next Saturday. Yeah, I think it's the 20th. 19th. 19th yeah, or 20th. Yeah, it's something like that. That week, the weekend of the 19th. Let's just Pretty sure that's it. when it is anyway. Yes, the weekend of the 19th. So 19th to 20th, 21st. Yep. Yeah, so, it's going to be nice. Yep. But that'll pretty much wrap us up for today's episode of the podcast. Be sure to answer the podcast question today on Twitter and Discord. It is always there. So be sure to check out our Patreon. Like I said, like I've said, we've recently added a new Patreon tier, which is uh, where you can get a one-on-one phone call with us. Uh, be sure to check us out on Discord. You can always reach us there if you need to talk to us, and we're always pretty active in our server. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter for instant reactions to pretty much everything. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsor and uh, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana, and check that out this weekend uh, for the tournament. And check out the Team Dark Arm Dealings YouTube channel, uh, where you can get reactions from a lot of the deck profiles and reactions from a lot of the tournaments that we do. So. That'll pretty much wrap us up for today. Have a good day, everyone. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.